It's 11 a.m. on Friday, and you know what that means. You're listening to TNT in the mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr. And I'm Thomas Lynn Murphy. Lock in and join us in talking all things sports from the Plains and around the SEC every Friday at 11 a.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to TNT in the morning. It was a tough week if you're an Auburn fan. Losses with volleyball, soccer, and obviously Auburn football at Penn State. We're going to talk about it here. We're going to talk around the SEC. Make sure you're locked in right here to TNT in the morning on Weagle 91.1 FM coming up right after this. Welcome back. Welcome back, friends and family, fans of TNT in the morning, fans of Weagle 91.1 FM. Thomas Lynn Murphy, how are you feeling today? week for Auburn Athletics, but hopefully this week Auburn soccer, volleyball, and football can rebound and get back into that win column. Outstanding. I also I forgot to press on on your mic, and I apologize <laughs> sincerely for that. But you know, Thompson Murphy's doing well for those of you who are who were curious. I know most of you weren't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Happy Friday, September 24th, here in our studio in the Student Center here at Auburn University, Auburn, Alabama. Fall is in the air, which means it's football season. It's been football season. But, man, I'm excited for some football weather. And hopefully the Tigers are ready to bounce back. If you're an Auburn fan, you got to be looking in that mindset. Before we get in to football, we, uh, we do need to discuss uh, the, the, the struggles. If you're an Auburn fan for this week, Auburn volleyball, is, um, they had a rough, rough run. Yeah, they started off uh, doing good, undefeated, and – then last weekend they had a tournament at home and they lost the the first match against Florida A and M. They fell three to two in the final set. They couldn't just get over that hump that last set. Then they bounced back and won their last two games of the tournament. And then they opened up SEC play just the other night and they faced the the other team that or came in undefeated. The only other SEC team that was undefeated was Ole Miss, and they struggled and ended up losing three sets to one. And they actually they won the first set, 25 to 20. Looking like a bounce back, and, and then they dropped three straight to the yep, Rebels. And then lo- dropped three straight to the Rebels. So They'll but, be back in action Yeah, they They uh, play Sunday. They travel to Montgomery to take on the Alabama State Hornets, and then they are back um, to SEC play on the 29th where they travel to Tennessee. Speaking of Tennessee, that's a nice little transition right into soccer real quick before we hop into some other fun Auburn conversation. Auburn soccer opens up SEC play. They opened up SEC play, rather. Excuse me. Last week, we were on the air talking about the Georgia game. Um, did win 3-0 over UGA. Anna Haddock is on an absolute tear. Had two goals in that game. Lost. Uh, they lost their second conference game to number 17, University of Tennessee. That's at University of Tennessee. So they lost that, that game 1-2 in tr- double overtime, yes. So it was close. It was competitive. Should not hurt their rankings much. No, um, the Auburn soccer team, even though they have two losses, both of them have come against strong-ranked teams. The first one, obviously, we lost by one goal to Florida State, number one Florida State, and then Auburn lost their second-ranked matchup at number 17, Tennessee. And they scored the first goal of the game in the 69th minute, and then Tennessee just happened nice. to score the <laughs> – the final or the tying goal in the 86th minute, four just four minutes left in regulation. They they tied it up. So Auburn they, very well could have won this game. They, yeah, they very could have won it, and then they Tennessee ended up scoring in double overtime in the 100th minute of the game to to get the win over the Tigers. Tough loss for Auburn soccer, uh, in my humble opinion, and this is just objective, honest. Uh, I, I do expect to bounce back. This team is a whole lot better than a lot of people thought they were going to be. Auburn students, you should definitely continue to go support the soccer team because I think they're a lot of fun to watch. That's my opinion. Um, Thomas Lynn, you can tell me if you disagree, but I think that this is – it's not a bad loss. No, I mean, it's just like the Florida State loss. It was it was a tough match. They fought to the very end, and they had every chance in the world to win it. And so you go back to look at it against their two biggest matches of the season against number one Florida State and number 17 Tennessee – both were one losses or one score losses. So, I mean, you'll, we'll see how they bounce back and SEC play their next matches against Texas A&M at home. But SEC, or Auburn is looking really good soccer-wise this season. So be sure to check them out and go support the Tigers. 
had another pretty big loss this past week for Auburn fans. And uh, it was one that there's a lot of lot of question marks, a lot of a lot of gray areas, a lot of people pointing fingers. Um, one team received a targeting penalty that was arguably not a targeting penalty. One team was forced to punt on third down, and Auburn fell twenty eight to twenty at Penn State in Happy Valley in the midst of the wideout, which was um, I, I'd like to note from the aerial view um, that they had in the game, broken up quite well by Auburn fans, which is not surprising. Auburn travels well. But still, the wideout. Um, Sean Clifford threw for 300-plus yards. And Auburn fans were not happy. Uh, I think under- understandably so. Um, I know that after we get – this is down the road, TL, but we're going to talk about our, our team uh, grouping, skill position group grades right. uh, here in a moment, I guess later on in the show. Um, I think that I kind of want to just go ahead and, and, and jump into before – yeah, let's 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 go ahead and talk about how well did did Auburn handle handle the environment. Um, this is something that uh, we both projected uh, a close contest. Um, I projected them to win. You pro- uh, to Auburn to 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 lose. You projected Auburn to uh, win, not to rub it in that I was correct. But hey, I think it was the other way around actually. Uh, I projected Auburn to lose. I did too. Oh, then we both did. I'm just trying to get one up on TL. Somebody's cheating over there on that score <laughs> prediction, huh? Uh, well, let's not worry about my account for what we have for this week. I'll have to adjust that during commercial break. <laughs> TL, you were there. I was there. You have a good time? It was fun. I mean, all the Penn State fans were really nice to us, so it was a good time. Good. That's, uh, that's exactly what you want to hear. It, it, should, it should be fun. There should always be rivalry, but also respect for other fans. Right. How well, in your opinion, or how much of a factor did the whiteout play a role? Um, so Penn State fans had a lot of hype going into the game about their environment, the environment, especially with it being a whiteout. But honestly, if I would compare it to previous games I've been to around the SEC, I've been to at Florida, Auburn's environment, Bryant Denny, it, it was no different. Still to this day, the loudest stadium I've ever been to was at Florida. And one thing I, I couldn't, I really didn't understand, and I guess. It's different up in Big Ten country. And I saw a lot of people talking about it on Twitter. Was there Penn State fans getting upset at Auburn fans for standing up like during the game and blocking their view? That was something interesting to me. That was very interesting. I think that's a, a, a football cultural. Is, is, that, is, that, is that a good word for that? Yeah. A, a cultural difference? I think that in the SEC, um, it's, 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 it's a weird phenomenon. Right. Um, for those that, that are listening at home and maybe you usually sit away from the student section – because a lot of Auburn fans stand regardless, but it's usually the ones that surround student section, those areas. Uh, or, you know, in, in, the, in the Southeastern Conference, uh, fans typically get to their feet in any close moment or any big moment of the game. I guess that that must be different. Um, a lot of people, there was a video that went viral of two Auburn fans in the middle of a bunch of Penn State fans that would did not sit down the entire game. I don't think they were asked to. I don't, I don't think they were trying to start trouble. No, they were I, I really don't. I mean, I stood up the entire game, and I looked around, and there, everybody was sitting down around me, and it would be like a key play. And then I've been accustomed to, and and when I went to at Clemson, Auburn's game at Clemson several years ago, and then, and then any game, big game at Auburn. Now, if it's a smaller game, I understand, like, sit down. Cause right. It's not as much pressure and big of a deal on implications on the game. But if it's like any big game, and especially Auburn's first time traveling to Penn State, it's your wideout, your annual wideout. It happens once a year. And to be sitting down – I don't, any point in the game. I don't think that's bad. I just think it's different. You know, like I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to like throw any slander toward the toward Big Ten or Penn, Penn State or Big Ten football. I mean, other than the fact that I hate running and punting, but um, <laughs> I actually love running. I just hate punting. But I think that it was it was very interesting to see the amount of comments that were made about that um, about Auburn's Auburn fans not sitting down during the game. I've been to games just like you have around the SEC. I mean, I've been to the University of Georgia, even not Auburn-Georgia games. I've been to games at the University of Georgia. I've been to games at um, even Arkansas when Arkansas was really bad. Their fans, their students, yeah. and their fans still stood up. Yeah. It was, it was, it was very, it's a very interesting phenomenon. Um, but a very interesting cultural difference. I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, Thomas Lynn. Now, what role did it have in the game? Um, honestly, I thought Auburn played very well to the environment. I don't think the loss – for Auburn was due to the environment. I don't, agree. Um, I thought we handled it very well. I thought Bo Nix handled the environment very well, played under, like, was very confident in his game and didn't let anything get to him. So I, I was proud in the way that they handled that situation. And to your point, I mean, I 
heard from a lot of Penn State fans at the game that Ohio State fans didn't travel as much as Auburn fans. That's the most away fans they've ever had inside Beaver Stadium for a single game. It's almost like they were playing in SEC school. It was. And <laughs> it was funny because um, I know they got a lot of scrutiny for this, but Penn State Twitter posted a picture of like an aerial view of the stadium. This was a bad look. Yeah. This was a bad look, it, objectively a bad look. It was. And, and they posted an aerial view of the stadium of their whiteout, and they made sure to highlight all the white in it. So and then, shade, and, and then shade the orange. And shaded the orange so you couldn't really see uh, all the Auburn fans. and Which is, it, it is completely fine um, to hype up your fan base. That is your social media team's job. Um, I think that a lot of schools are, that's becoming a bigger and bigger part of, of, of their branding and of their recruiting for that matter. Um, but you can't, this is one of those games where everybody, it was, it was a primetime game. Everybody in the country that's a fan of college football was watching this ball game. It was a close one the entire time. A lot of people thought Auburn was going to come back and win, myself included, or at least come back and send it to overtime. You cannot get away with putting out this photo that makes it look like the entire stadium is all white, you know, dressed dressed to the to the theme, when everyone's already seen on live television that it hasn't. Well, even on like the live uh, broadcast, and we all knew coming into the game that the one thing that they're going to show during the whiteout is the student section because right. it's entirely all white because it's right. all Penn State. And that's fine. That's yeah. completely fine. Yeah. But around the entire – the rest of the stadium, the upper deck all the way around was 75% Auburn. And then you had, like, in the lower level around the entire stadium, it was like here and there there's Auburn fans wearing orange. There's Auburn fans wearing navy and even white. So they – that – took in their wide out so you couldn't they didn't stand out as much but there was Auburn fans all around there Auburn traveled well which wasn't very surprising to me but I will agree with you um I don't think that the uh excuse me I don't think that the environment was really the the deciding factor I mean I think that when we're and we're going to get into it I think that what it boils down to is I, I don't think Auburn got outplayed I think they got out coached I, I I genuinely believe that statement uh I don't know that there's a scenario in which I could vis- visibly see there. I mean, there weren't many offensive timeouts taken that weren't for the sake of clock management. So you can't say that it really r- rattled the the Auburn offense. But I will, I will still admit, you know, admit that there there could have been that level. I'm just not sure that it had a lot to do with with this game. I don't think that the environment was all that it cracked up to be. Now, there were, as, as I just mentioned, there were some, there were a lot of negatives outside. Moving, transitioning away. For those those just not tuning in, we're talking about we were previously discussing. We both agreed that we don't think the environment at all of Auburn at Penn State actually played the role that a lot of people thought it might. I think that there are a lot of positives that, that you take away from this, and we're going to get into the negatives. I say we save the negatives for after the commercial break. Right. I think that we've got we're we're, we're more critical than most. Then th- th- that's the reality of things. But positives, Thomas Lynn. Positive for this game is for both Penn State and Auburn. Either if either team lost, it doesn't matter. You s- still hold your own destiny for the rest of the season, because Auburn has debatably the toughest schedule remaining. We Auburn has five ranked. They have a tougher re- remaining schedule than Penn State. That's that's a given. Yeah. So, and it being a non-SEC loss, it doesn't go against your SEC record, meaning you're still zero and zero in SEC play. So you still hold your own destiny in the SEC, getting to SEC championship and mo- moving on and, and beating those teams, the teams you need to beat in the SEC to get to the SEC championship. So this loss honestly does not matter. You put that aside. You got to see how test the waters, see how you are against a, now a what, top six ranked team right? and just see right. how you are. So it was a good test for the team. I agree. Uh, it's a there. There are a lot of positive takeaways, uh, not just from the implications of this game. Auburn ran the ball well. They they did run the ball well. I mean, it it, it didn't seem seem well in the moment. Uh, in my opinion, I was watching this game and it felt like Auburn wasn't moving the ball. But when I go back and look at the numbers, I mean, Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, both getting the job done. Um, and that's going to lead me into what we're going to talk about after the break. But there were a lot of minute details that I think that people aren't paying attention to that really were kind of the deciding factor of the game. But I think Auburn, all in all, played a great game above its skill level. We're talking Auburn-Penn State. You're tuning in to TNT in the morning. We're going to be right back here in about two minutes, so don't y'all go anywhere. Stay, Keep that dial right on Weagle 
91.1 FM. Tweet at us at TNT in the AM. We'll see you guys back here in uh, roughly two minutes. I hope so. Welcome back. Welcome back to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle. 91.1 FM coming to you live from our studio here in the Student Center in Auburn, Alabama. I want to give a quick shout out to Miss Kelly and Mr. Russ Harms headed down to Auburn for Parents Weekend. They're listening to TNT in the morning in their, I just got a video in their Jeep on their way on the highway down here to Auburn. Wish them safe travels. Thank you to you. At least tell the folks, thank you for listening to the show. Hey, everybody listening, thank you all for tuning in. Especially all those parents heading down here for Parents Weekend. That's exciting. I know. It's an exciting exciting weekend to have parents down on the planes. War damn parents. I found out we're allowed to say war damn as long as it's in the context of <laughs> war damn eagle. So war damn parents, excited to have everybody down here. We'll get to that when we get to everybody's favorite segment, Get to Know the Foe. We're not there yet. I'm sorry, TL. I know you're excited. I am excited. I love a good Get to Know the Foe, especially this week's Notable Alumni. Yeah. We have a teaser for the Notable Alumni. Yeah. We'll find out who that is yeah, later. Got a, got, a, got a big one. Make sure you stay tuned in for our Notable Alumni. All right. Thomas Lynn Murphy was in charge of the rundown once again this week as I had to prepare for two big exams, which I think I made. I mean, 89 in my first one. I think I made an A on this one today, TL. Hey, that's good. So I'm, I'm happy Perfect. with the way and we're rounding out with TNT in the morning. I couldn't ask for anything better. So let's uh, TNT, uh, excuse me, the latter part of TNT, if you look at it that way. <laughs> Thomas Lynn Murphy came up with this great idea. We're going to go through and give grades for each unit of the team. I'm going to let TL go ahead and break this down. I'll be honest with you, man. I did not get a chance to give my grades in, but I'm going to let I, – I think I can do it on the fly. Yeah, you, I think, you I think can do it okay. on the fly. I think You're I can fine. do this on the fly. Um, if you love this segment, tell TL congratulations. <laughs> That's right. If so. you don't love this segment, t- uh, tweet at us at TNT in the AM, and I'll kick him off the show. Yep. All, All right. blame goes on me for All this. All blame goes on Thomas Lynn. All right, Thomas Lynn, take it away. That's right. So we're going to start off the grading by the quarterback play in Bo Nix. I, I had him graded as a B for his play. I thought he – he did what he needed to for to get the team win. What I mean by that is he did not play just exceptionally off the walls well, but he didn't play bad. And he made plays when he needed to. He stepped up in the pocket. If the pocket broke down, he scrambled out. He didn't run around and panic like he does normally on the road, and we've seen in prior years. Correct. But he moved vertically up the field, got, got yards. He – he made some tough throws, really did. So I was I was impressed with his quarterback play. So I'm interested to see where you had him graded. I actually want to. Um, I, I don't want to dwell too long on the quarterback play, uh, just because I actually agree with you. But I want to give I want to give Bo Nix a B plus. I really do. Um, I think that I think that an A would be the standard that he brought in a little X factor to win that game at the end. I think that Auburn fans are giving Bo Nix a really hard time for especially that fade in the end zone, which I I will will get there, but. Nick's played well enough, be, I would actually say a little bit better than well enough to win this football game. Right, and that's all we ask of. And, and, and right now, I, I don't want to you know, crush anybody's opinion that, that thinks that this is the year, but <laughs> Bo Nix being an average quarterback is, is a statement, is a fair statement. Am I wrong? No, you're right. And there's nothing wrong with having an average quarterback. I thought, I thought he played a little above average. You can win, foot, you win a lot of football games. Greg McElroy has a, has a national championship. He does. He's not even an average quarterback. No. You can you can win a lot of football games with with an average quarterback. I, I see no I see no problem with this. And I and I still think that there's room for Bo Nix to progress. I'm gonna give him a B plus. Good. All right, so we're gonna transition now to the running back room. You know, Auburn has debatably the top running back duo in the league, and they didn't even have Sean Shivers for the game. He was out with an injury, and he actually returns this week. So that'll be interesting to see how he does with the improvement of Jark West Hunter and See where his involvement goes, but for the Penn State game, I had I had them as an A minus. Um, they did what they needed to. They performed very well. Um, I think Tank Bixby had over a hundred rushing yards yep. once again. Correct. And Jarquez Hunter, I mean, that dude's a stud. I mean, you saw him hurdle that guy in the fourth right? quarter, get right? us down there in the end zone for a chance to win the game, and they they did very well. The only the only negative side into why they didn't get a higher grade as an A or an A plus was the running attack was not as good in the first half as it was in the second half. Somewhat due to play calling, but the other part is the offensive line, which we will get to in a second. We'll get there in a second. I agree. I And for that reason, for the two reasons you just listed, play calling and offensive line, 
not going to give the running back room an A plus, but I'm going to give him an A. Are you okay with that? Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm going to give him an A. I thought the the, the run, running attack, and I I think every week that they could probably be given an A A plus. <laughs> I, I expect this week should be an A plus plus, like 105. Right. Like, but A, I, I'm going to give I'm going to give him an A. I, I I echo what you just said, but I I think that. Maybe I'm just maybe a more lenient of a grader. If if any student ever takes my class, if I ever teach, you should take my class. <laughs> but I, I'm going with an A. Is that cool with you? Yeah, that's good. All right. So next we have the wide receiver. Group. I'm giving them a D. Yeah, I, I gave them a C minus. So we're along the same lines. They struggled and they struggled getting open. They struggled holding onto the ball. And then we saw the difference in the game was Kobe Hudson's fumble on that trick play to open up the second half. So I gave them a C minus, and the crazy part to me is you look at teams like Alabama, Ole Miss now with Lane Kiffin, Florida last year. It's like every other play, there's a wide receiver just standing there wide open. Right. And I don't understand how, because we have the talent. I mean, we have Auburn like does all have the talent. all like four stars out there. How how do our wide or Auburn's wide receivers not get open like that? Well, it's like every throw. I'm sitting there, like, wincing, like, it's going to be a pick because Bo Nix is having to throw it in a tight window. I This is partially why I gave Bo Nix a B-plus because the wide receiver group, Shedder Jackson dropped some balls that should not have been dropped. You've got to catch You've got to catch footballs. Even if passes are not dimes, they're not going to be a dime every time. Um, the wide receivers, I, I heard the perfect analogy, and I hope he's listening, um, from, I believe it was Ryan Metcalf. I don't want to misquote him. Um, but I believe it was a, 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 my, my roommate and also another sports analyst, I think it was Ryan Metcalf, that looked like the quote, the wide receiver group looked like the group of nobodies that they are. And if that's not the perfect uh, a description, I don't know what is. I'm not saying there's no room for growth and there's no hope for an Auburn fan, but if you're an Auburn fan, Shedrick Jackson being wide receiver one should be concerning. Right. Um, and then another thing, there were so many missed opportunities as well with drop balls. And for one example was the Shedrick Jackson streaking down the field and he was wide open had his man beat and he slipped and fell and he still should have caught the ball it was still on target he still should have caught it as he was hitting the ground but if he wouldn't have fallen he it was a touchdown and also the the fumble by kobe hudson right that trick play and i don't think people watching it on television noticed it but i was standing there not sitting standing there watching it happen and if he had another second to throw it, that wide receiver, I think it was Demetrius Robertson, I could be wrong was. on it, was streaking down. He finally beat his man, was streaking down the field. And then also, if he would have held on to that ball, that entire left side of the field was just nothing but the green grass. grass. It was it was crazy. What do you think about the offensive line? Because you gave him a B- minus on the on the run down here. I don't know if you meant that. I'm giving him a C+. Plus. Uh, so the reason I gave him a B- minus was I thought they did a very well job protecting Bo Nix. And the run game in the second half was very good. It was very dominant. The only the one thing we should have done, or Auburn should have done, was keep handing the ball off to the running backs because we were just beating it down their throats the entire second half. But the first half we struggled. We had a Auburn had a lot of runs that got just nothing and got stuffed in the backfield. So I I gave them a B minus. What what we got next? Next, we got the defensive line. Can I go first this time? You can go first on this. I gave one. them a D. Why? Why is Auburn running the th- uh, three four? Why are they only bringing three? Why are they dropping back? I understand you don't want to get burned. There's no pressure on Sean Clifford. Auburn successfully made Sean Clifford look like a Heisman caliber quarterback when he's average on a good day. I know that was harsh for me to say to y'all, but that's where I stand. No, I agree, I 100% agree on that. It's like we don't have Derek Brown back there anymore. We don't have Marlon Davidson. We don't have Nick Fairley. I might even give him a D minus. I mean, I would go as far as say that the only reason I give them a D was because they stopped the run game and but the really the reason Auburn lost this game was not due to offensive play or even play calling you will never win a football game when the opposing quarterback goes 28 for 32 there's no there's no way he Sean Clifford got to sit back there and read a book before every single play and you can't put that on the defensive backs to guard their man and their zone for like 15 seconds well, you were just talking about the DBs. Let's go. We'll, we'll come back to linebackers. But since you just said that about the DBs, I thought that the DBs played pretty, pretty, pretty poorly on Saturday. Uh, you have it listed here as a C. I kind of want to give them a D. Um, I think that what what put the nail in the coffin. I'm going to go with a D plus. I think what put the nail in the coffin for me is you've got to turn your head around on that DPI at the end of the game. That's simple. That's fundamental coaching. 
that is something you should know. If he burns you, guess what? You lost the game anyways. Right. So, interesting. Your thoughts on DBs. You said C. Why? I said C because their performance, I don't think, um, because they had a guard for so long back there. I feel like if we would have – So, you're giving them benefit of the doubt. I am. Yes, I am. Um, I feel like if if Auburn would have gotten pressure on the quarterback sooner and more often – that the play of the defensive backs would have been better. Would have made an easier job for him. It would have made an easier job for him. I'm sure they were running around breathless most of the game because they they had to. Right. But to your point on the defensive pass interference in the game, everybody standing in that stadium knew that they were about to throw it deep and just try and draw a penalty. It was obvious. Right. So as a defensive back, you've been taught your entire life, turn your head around. Like You don't even have to make a play on the ball, really. If you he burns, ha- if he burns you, he burns you. Yeah, you just have to make it look like you're making a play on the ball, which means turn your head around. Every SEC official and every official you see on TV says the difference in a pass interference and non-pass interference comes to de- down to did they turn their head around and find the ball? So, I'd agree. I'd agree. I, I that 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 play. If I'm an Auburn fan, that one's gonna irk me. That that one grinded. Which should grind Auburn fans' gears more so or equally as much as the the fade call on the goal line, which we're going to get to play calling later on. Linebacker group, you gave him a B plus. I'm going to roll. I'm actually going to – this time I'm going to agree. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I think that I think that the linebackers played fine. Papo getting hurt is going to hurt. I hope he does not – if I'm an Auburn fan, I hope he doesn't play on Saturday. I'm going to slip there. My bad. And I uh, we're, we're getting a little close to time here, TL. But go ahead and talk to me about the linebackers real quick. Uh, I gave them a B plus. They did what they needed to do. They're consistent week in, week out. It would have been interesting to see how they would have done later into the second half uh, if they would have had Owen Pepo. And then and then losing uh, Kobe McClain. Yeah, we're going to talk about that after the commercial break and the targeting rule. But what, what are you supposed to do in that situation? But besides the point, I, I did like the way the linebackers played, and I thought they played a good – a good game, but I do feel like we probably should Auburn should have blitzed a little bit more often, get pressure. But besides the point, I gave him a B, a B plus. I like that point. Thank you for teasing the targeting rule. Actually, that's going to transition nicely. We're about to have to step away for two minutes. Hashtag sad. We're going to miss our listeners. We love our listeners, love our viewers. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. Tweet at us at TNT in the AM about your thoughts on what we're going to talk about next. The targeting rule. Jacoby McLean's disqualification from the contest on this past Saturday in Happy Valley. We're talking Auburn football. We're here on Weagle 91.1 FM. TNT in the morning. We'll see you back here in two minutes. Welcome back. Welcome back. TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Before the break, we were talking a little bit about Jacoby McLean's disqualification because of the targeting rule. TL, I think that uh, you've probably got some opinions on this now. I mean, what's the defender supposed to do in that situation? There's no set rule and that's the thing about the NCAA that needs to be fixed is there's no set criteria to what is and what isn't targeting the only uh division of like football that targeting exists in is the collegiate level you don't see it in high school NFL it's a 15-yard penalty and the player stays in the game so but what is Zacoby McClain supposed to do in that situation as the as the ball carrier is diving for the pylon going for it and also, if you go back and look at the video, he led with his shoulder. He didn't even make head-to-head contact with the running back. I would agree. For those of you who maybe maybe were a little confused on this call, let me let me just go ahead and paint a picture. Is that okay with you, TL? Real yep. quick, just, just to give the rundown. So, Jacoby McClain's coming in on ball carrier for Penn State. I cannot remember off the top of my head who was, who was carrying the ball. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was a running back. It, I, I know it was running back. I can't yeah. remember his name. I, and I, I do apologize. I should have done my due diligence there. But the moral of the story is running backs being dragged down by another Auburn defender. Jacoby McClain comes in once the uh, running back extends his arms to try to extend the ball over the over the plane, try to score a touchdown, as football players should. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a football move. Jacoby McClain comes in, leads with his, does lead with his shoulder because he's having to, in his defense, it's a low play. He's got to get low. It's, I mean, I mean, when I say low, I mean inches off the ground. Right. Comes in and makes contact um, with the with the running back's head with his shoulder. It's it's it sounds like this should be cut and dry, but if you're looking at the in the moment, and I highly encourage if you've not seen the film, go watch the film. The ball is being extended over the goal line. So then the question arises: Is that a football move? Is they are they no longer a defenseless ball carrier? 
which a defenseless player, excuse me. Which and, and you know, in my opinion, I, I I actually do think that according to the rule, I don't like the way the rules the rules worded. Uh, from a football standpoint, I understand why it's there. Uh, we need to protect our athletes. We need to protect student athletes. That should be priority number one. But I do not like the way that this rule pans out, and not just for the for the purposes of Jacoby McClain. I don't like the way that it pans out because it DQs a lot of players that may have made a football play, uh, and it's just a bang-bang and winds up being one of those unfortunate circumstances. I'd like to see the NCAA. I don't know what it looks like to y'all. I really don't know what it looks like. There's got to be a reform to the rule, and I'm not a rule expert. I mean, I I understand how football works. (laughs) But, like, I'm not a rule expert, and I don't know what this reform looks like, but I think there should be active working groups within the NCAA um, you know, college football playoff committee, they, they need to get together and be like, hey, so here is the offense which, you know, falls under the category of, uh, of suspension and removal from the game, disqualification. There, there may be an instance like they do in the NFL. If your first time is, you know, one of those borderline, you're making a football play, it was not intentional, you don't serve a suspension, you, you get your first, it, it's still a penalty, still right. personal, personal foul, uh, new fresh, 15 and a new fresh uh, set of downs. But I don't, I don't, I don't really know how you qualify that. How do you write that in the rule book? You know what I mean? Right. I feel like they should go with what like college basketball does, and you get a flagrant one, and then a flagrant two, like you're kicked out. Um. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I. That's that's essentially what I was saying. That's yeah. that's essentially what I was saying. If there there can be of offenses where you should be immediately kicked out if you are deliberately lowering your head with the intention of making helmet to helmet contact or shoulder to helmet contact. With the intention of harm, essentially what you're saying is you, you, what, what this intention implies is you are okay injuring another player. Right. That's unacceptable and should not be tolerated in the NCAA. It should not be tolerated in any level of sports. And you can tell when players are headhunting. Correct. You really can. Yeah, I, no, absolutely. Absol- and, and that should not be tolerated. I, I'm a huge advocate for teaching our kids at a young age how to tackle with your head up. Some, sometimes that's just not feasible. Right. When you're making a big-time athletic play. Um, and, and, and even in those circumstances, if it's still uh, you know, blatant, blatantly obvious even if you really didn't want to hurt the guy if you were trying right. to make a devastating hit you still need to serve the, serve the consequences but there needs to be a fine line and like I said I don't have the answers I don't know what it looks like I just think that this is something that the NCAA's got to look into and we would make an even bigger deal out of it if this were LSU weekend and not Georgia State weekend Correct. because since he got the targeting call in the second half now he's suspended for the entire first half of the next game Luckily, we played Georgia State this week. Auburn plays Georgia State, correct. But if, say, this were LSU week, then he'd be out then, and that would hurt Auburn tremendously. Tremendously. I, I would agree. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily know that we need to go any further in this, but if you, if you have an opinion or if you know what that looks like, if you're listening, for listeners, if you have an idea of what that looks like, I'm genuinely interested, T.L. I, I, I think I speak on the behalf of both of us. Right. Um, we're not going to probably solve the world's problems here on TNT in the morning. Be sweet if we could. Mm-hmm. That'd be sick. But we would love to hear your feedback. Tweet at us at TNT in the AM. Love to hear your feedback. Also, we got a cool tweet on TNT in the AM. Oh, before, we, before we jump into a quick diagnostic or, uh, I guess, analytical approach toward play calling, um, one Alan Murphy <laughs> tweeted at us on TNT in the morning, Thomas Lynn, how dare you not tell your dad that it's parents weekend? Mr. Murphy, I will, I will make sure that the, the Thomas Lynn is reprimanded appropriately. You know, I didn't know it was Parents Weekend until you mentioned it this morning. So, I mean, I guess that's my fault. I it's don't... Parents Weekend and Homecoming for Auburn. Yeah. Would I'll... you like to init- uh, give a formal apology to your parents for not telling them? You, you know, I'm sorry for not telling y'all it's Parents Weekend. <laughs> I, I did not know about it. But I am having to work Saturday's game anyway, so I wouldn't be able to hang out as much anyway. So, sorry. Yeah, two. Yeah, two more chance. Uh, one more chance after this year to make up for that. Okay, T.L. You're right. I'm I, holding I you to it. I'll, I'll be back home fall break in about two. You weeks, know what? So. When you're running TNT in the morning by yourself next year, I'll come on and be the guest for homecoming, and I'll come back for the homecoming game, and I'll just remind you to tell your parents. How sad is that? Makes me feel lonely. Yeah, it's because you're, you're leaving child. me. Imagine being born in 2001. Uh, yeah. Simply could not be me. All right. One last note for Penn State before we get into get to know the foe, because we really need to get to, get over to get to know the foe. We're kind of supposed to start that right now. Um. Play calling was just okay and for, for Auburn uh, against Penn State. It wound up costing them the game. Time management cost them the game. I think Auburn got out coached, like I said, at the top of the hour. I, I really can't add much other than the goal line fade is puzzling. Um, defensive timeouts are puzzling. Knowing that you're going to need timeouts and burning them is puzzling. I think Harson 
the best thing you can do from this, if you're Brian Harson, is learn from the fact that you made a mistake. And if you're Mike Bobo, you made a mistake. Derek Mason, bringing three instead of trying to push pressure four, you made a mistake. This is a game that you can learn from, and and, and you know, fortunately, if you're an Auburn fan, it was a close one, and it really did not uh, uh, you know portray paint yourself in a negative light. But that's that's uh, there's a lot lot of learning curve here. There is, and they'll learn as they they go in the season. But I'm glad you mentioned the the timeouts because nobody has really been talking about the usage of timeouts, especially in the second half. I mean, we used Auburn used a defensive timeout when it was like first or second and goal on like the two yard line for Penn State. They're obviously going to score. Why waste a timeout when you know you're going to need it later on because you're going to be playing from behind and needing time on the clock. I'm so, going back to my word. I think I think you're going to agree with me. Puzzling. It was puzzling. Just uh, mind-blowing. Uh, in, in, in a short summary, T.L. and I have broken down. This is not a bad loss for Auburn. Auburn fans, don't don't hang your heads on this one. Still a lot of, lot of football left to play. And not to mention, this team is light years above and beyond where I, where I expected them to be. Right. So there's that. Now, Auburn football, we're going to continue. Because this weekend, as we mentioned, Wardam parents, welcome to the welcome back to the Plains. Alumni, welcome to the Plains parents. I want to give a quick shout out to my parents who are on their way down to Auburn, Alabama. They're pulling the camper. They're camping this weekend. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> that is That's awesome. so That's cool. Lit. So uh, we're coming down. Um, actually, girlfriend's family is going to be in town. Our parents going to meet each other for the first time. I'm not nervous. I swear mm. to you. No, I'm kidding. Oh, Lord. And, uh, no, it's going to be a great weekend. Excited to have parents on the Plains. Excited for homecoming. Welcome back, alumni. Get to know. The foe it is with time. Thomas Lynn Murphy. It's time. Thomas Lynn Murphy. Get to know the foe. So we're starting off, and I'm going to have Harrison uh, read this one off, but we have a notable alumni. Who is it? Notable alumni, and in, in, in T.L. and I's opinion, for Georgia State, the most important alumni from Georgia State University, former Panther, Lisa Tarr, my mom, <laughs> was an alumni of Georgia State, got her B.S. in biology, and does not work in nursing, but got her BS in biology anyways. Um, did not go to med school, but my mom is uh, one of my biggest role models, probably my biggest role model in the world. So shout out to my mother, famous alumni. That's our notable alumni from Georgia State for the week. Now we'll get back to get to know the foe with Thomas Lynn Murphy. How crazy is that, that in your senior year? It's full circle, man. It's really homecoming full circle. Homecoming just happens to be, and parents weekend has, happens to be against It was a perfect Georgia storm. State. It really is. And I, I'm, 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 my mom is... For, for those curious, my mom is going to be wearing orange and blue tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, so more on get to know the foe and the Georgia State Panthers. So their mascot is Pounce the Panther. They are part of the Sun Belt Conference. They are one of the largest uh, universities in the nation, which I found very interesting. I did not think that of Georgia State. I think the only reason I knew is I'm an Atlanta native. Right. It, it's because they're in Atlanta, the heart of Atlanta. But they have well over 54,000 students. 54,000 strong. That's almost double the amount of Auburn. And I believe that's across six different campuses, in case you were curious. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so they are currently 1-2 and two to start their football season. They had losses to Army and to North Carolina. Blowout losses to Army and Carolina. Yeah, right. And then uh, their one win came last week where they defeated Charlotte. And a notable note for Auburn in this game, because Auburn is one of the top run-stopping defenses in the country, is Georgia State runs the ball twice as much than they throw it. So that's good news for the Tigers. They've also got a quarterback controversy right now. Quad Brown, uh, their, their starting quarterback. I was doing a little research on this for one Andrew Young's class earlier in the, <laughs> earlier in the week. Uh, doing a little bit of uh, research. Quad Brown has, I guess, been underperforming and not happy. The coaches are not happy with him. So interesting to see who plays quarterback for the Panthers, right? Yep, that is interesting. Interesting note. Things to expect for this game. Uh, total domination if you're Auburn. This has got to be a bounce-back win. It does. Uh, clean up the mishaps from Penn State week, the penalties, the play calling. Is This is an opportunity to, to display that you know how to time manage, right? It is. It is you can do it. This is a like a works in the favor of Auburn. It's like a greatly scheduled game. You have two, say, easy games to start off, get, get on your feet, get warmed up. Then you have a big test, but it's a non-SEC test right. in Penn State. So really when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter. And then you get to come back and work on the mishaps from the game, and then you take on the SEC slate of your schedule. So this is a good a good game for Harson and his Tigers to 
clean things up, and get the ball rolling again. It's a bigger game now than it would have been should Auburn have won on Saturday this past week. If they win on Saturday, Auburn fans are assuming that you know this is going to be a steamrolling. And, and Auburn fans, it's probably safe to, to assume this is a steamrolling. But a very good opportunity for Auburn to use this not scrimmage is not the word that is defense, offensive to a also Division One FBS school. The Sun Belt, has, uh, Sun Belt teams have given teams a run for their money. Uh, Georgia State upset Tennessee in 2019. This is not a tra- this is a trap game. It right. could very very well be deemed as a trap game. Auburn's got to stay locked in, but you know who else has got to stay locked in? TL, the viewers, the listeners, our favorite members of the TNT in the morning family. Make sure you're locked in right here on Weagle ninety one point one. Actually, I can't tell them what to do. We can't tell them. You should stay locked in. That's right. You should stay locked in. We recommend TNT. it. We highly recommend that you lock in on TNT in the morning because we're going to talk a little bit, not a little bit. We're going to talk about the SEC when we come back. So stay locked in. I'm just going to say it right here on Weagle 91.1 FM TNT in the morning. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back. Weagle 91.1 FM TNT in the morning, Friday morning, September 24th here in Auburn, Alabama. We were talking a lot about Auburn versus Penn State. Got to know the foe with Thomas Lynn Murphy, Auburn versus Georgia State this week. Those projections coming up later in the block at the bottom of the hour. Right now, right now, you know what time it is, Theo? Time to review the games of last week in the SEC. Review a couple of games from last week in the SEC. The big ones. The big ones. Let's let's go ahead and, which you know what, you wrote the rundown. You tell me where we start. Uh, We'll just go ahead and start off with the big one in Alabama and Florida last week. Alabama tried their absolute best to prove me and Thomas Lynn Murphy wrong. And I wish they would have. <laughs> but they didn't. And Alabama escapes the swamp in what should have been a loss. Um, a lot of Florida fans are really mad with Dan Mullen. Right, uh, excuse me, Dan Mullen, excuse me, my pardon. Um, Dan Mullen right now, and almost rightfully so. If Florida could figure out their quarterback situation, they might be okay. Um, I think that they're a serious threat to beat UGA in the East this year. So that was a that was a fun one down in the swamp. Things that we learned, Thomas Lynn, is Vama still invincible? Uh, I think honestly, Ole Miss might put up a fight against them in two weeks. So that'll be an interesting game. We got to see they still have to play Ole Miss, Arkansas, A and M, and Auburn. Yeah. So they 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 also have a tough schedule. But we did get to see their one weakness in the in in their game, and it's the running. So. Which is something Alabama's not had a problem with in a long time. Auburn, or Alabama's not had a problem with that. And if it weren't for Florida taking a little while to discover that, then they could have gotten away with the win because Alabama put up 21 first quarter points and then only put up 10 the rest of the game. So if if they didn't start off the game up 21-3, to three, this could have been an entire, entirely different uh, outcome. But for the case of Auburn fans, that's that's something good to realize because the one – thing that Auburn does very well is the Defend running the run. attack. So so that that's the positive side for Auburn in that. And honestly, this could you could see this rematch later on down the season in the SEC championship. Correct. Absolutely. So narrator, uh TNT in the morning, you can say it here. We book it. We collaboratively agree Bama is vulnerable. Bama has an Achilles heel. Next game, Thomas Lynn. Uh next game, I want to look at this uh Memphis, Mississippi State game. Uh, Mississippi State got outplayed. I mean, it's that simple. Mississippi State, they had a rough week one game, and then they went week two and honestly surprised me in getting a win over NC State. And then they went into this game against Memphis. We we always know Memphis is a pretty solid program, year in, year out. But Mississippi State just couldn't get the job done, giving up 17 points in the fourth quarter. And here here's this stat. This is just off the walls crazy. Mississippi State's quarterback, Will Rogers, through 50 of 67, 67 passes. I mean, my arm's just sore thinking about it. But he threw for 419 and three touchdowns. But they're <laughs> they're, they're such a one-dimensional. The air raid. Honestly, Auburn fans, I'm, I'm a little worried about that game just because of our past defense. But maybe Mississippi State coming out with a loss against Memphis. And Memphis improves to 3-0 on the season. So. Memphis, a team to look out for going forward. Let's 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 move to the this week, right. the, this upcoming week, and let's lead off with my favorite game of the week, my favorite game. And I'm gonna go ahead and give my projection with this game, and then we'll speed run the rest. Does that work? Sounds great. 
Arkansas versus Texas A&M. That's at a neutral site. That's in Arlington, though? Yeah, it's in Arlington. Arlington, so Jerry World. Jerry World, alumni of Arkansas. A&M's quarterback out for four more weeks after this week. Wrong? Yes? Correct. Correct. A&M does not look good. Arkansas looks very, very good. I like the Hogs. I want to say Hogs by 90, but I don't mean that. But I like the Hogs. I like the Hogs by, by 9 or 10. Well, this is this is an interesting game for me because I lean both ways on this. I, oh, no. I'm, I'm riding with the Hogs so they let me know. I know, I know you are. I, I would love to see Arkansas win this game and get back to where they were several years ago. But I just don't know if they're to that level quite yet. Don't get me wrong. They are way ahead of schedule where they should be right now in that program. But Texas A&M, on the other hand, is struggling. And they haven't been playing as good. Normally their run game is off the charts amazing, but this year it hasn't been. And their offense just hasn't been scoring the ball as it normally does in a Jimbo Fisher offense. So who do you like your deal? Uh, I think just to make it interesting on our projections, I'm just going to go on the complete opposite side of you, and I'm just going to say Texas A&M pulls it out, but it's going to be like a three-point game. It's going to be a one-score game. I like that take. And for those of you curious at home, Thomas Lynn had a perfect week, 12-0 last week. Congratulations, Thomas Lynn. That's right. I went 11-1. and uh, Gosh darn it. It's okay. We'll be all right. We are deadlocked at 33-5 and on the season. So Thomas Lynn is uh, trying to catch up to me. And has tied me now, but we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, like I said, I'm rolling with the Hogs. Another big game this week. It doesn't seem like it should be, but it, it probably is. Florida bouncing back from the Bama loss, taking on Tennessee. I like the Gators. I like the Gators by, like, 20. I like the Gators. I don't think it's going to be by 20. I think it would be a closer game just because it doesn't matter. It's like the Iron Bowl. But that Tennessee situation. team is bad. They are, but it's it's like the Iron Bowl. It doesn't really matter the records other than 2012. And that game's in Neyland? It is – no, it's in Gainesville. Gainesville. Gators by 20. But they always have a close matchup in this game. It's one of the oldest rivalries in the SEC. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Florida by 10. Okay. Ole Miss has a bye week this week. Interesting just to take note of. Interesting Why? scheduling. Weird scheduling. Week four bye – like – if I'm an Ole Miss fan, I'm like, I'd be mad. Like, why? We don't need a break. We, they're is, getting rolling. I mean, is Matt Corral your Heisman favorite right now? Right now, yeah, I'd say right now. I don't, I don't think there's anybody else that's quite up there. Bryce Young. Uh, yeah, somewhat. I like Bryce Young right there underneath Matt Corral. I think right. Bryce Bryce Young's got much better chance of winning a national championship. Therefore, his odds are much well, higher. That is true. That's one thing he does have going for. But, him. but honestly, that. Alabama Ole Miss game. I think it's next week, if I'm not mistaken. So that'll be that'll be between Hosman one, Hosman two. So the winner of that, they'll get the push and right. edge in that notch. Right. All right. Let's speed run the rest of these, and we'll roll down to Auburn versus Georgia State. Thomas Lynn, I'm gonna have to get you to read off of my laptop. Is currently dead. <laughs> I apologize. You need me to give you a, give you give you a moment here to pull up the games, or you have them in front of you? No, I, I got the games right in front. All right, of me. let's do it. This is your it's your turn. To do the rundown this week. So it's your turn to control your own destiny. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, so Auburn and Georgia State. Uh, I've got Auburn. Uh, we're pushing that one at the bottom. Oh, we're pushing You know how we do this here, Thomas Lynn. All right, so we're going to go <laughs> – we'll go Georgia-Vanderbilt. Georgia by a million. Vanderbilt is abysmal, and I don't need to go further. Nope. Uh, I got Georgia by 35-plus. Their quarterback situation What's is – What's the spread? It's concerning. Uh, 35. Oh, yeah, Georgia to cover. Yeah, I think Georgia will cover. Offense is interesting, though, that, so be sure to look that out. Um, LSU-Mississippi State, we got another SEC matchup right here. This could be one of the most fun games of this week because I think both teams are pretty bad, but that air raid might just be too much for Ole Miss, but Ole Miss really needs to uh, – excuse me, not Ole Miss, LSU, I apologize. Uh, might be too much for LSU, but I think LSU – is this this one's at – this one's in Baton Rouge? Starkville. In Starkville. It's in Starkville. Give me the. You know what? Give me the cowbells. You know, I'm going to go on a limb here and say this right here is going to be Ed Orgeron's second loss of the season, pushing forward. Uh, so you're rolling with the Bulldogs. Potentially getting fired after a loss to Auburn next Potential week. Potential loss. To we'll we'll see week. about that. But I, th I think the air raid might be just too much more. Or it could just not work at all in, in Mississippi. No, I mean. Plans. LSU's got some of the best defensive backs in the country and Derek Stingley. And so that'll 
that's an interesting matchup right there. It's, it could be a really fun game. Yeah. It depends also on Mississippi State's defense, how, how they do. All right, so next we have Missouri and Boston College. I like BC. You like BC? I'm going to go Missouri on this. I, I think they're, they're We're playing. We're getting some, some mix-ups here this week. Yeah, we are. So I like it. All right. Next we have Alabama and Southern Miss. Hmm. This is a really <laughs> tough one. This is there is even a, a spread? Forty-five. Bam in the cover. Dang. Yeah. I honestly, I think they'll they'll probably win by fifty. Now, I will say it'll be interesting. Uh, Southern Miss, see how many points they can put up. So, how many? I'm gonna go with six. Go with six. I think they might could put up ten. Ten garbage time touchdown. Yeah, they could. Okay. And I'm I'm going I'd, with like, six. I'd like to see their run game against them. See they how also Al- could very well get blanked. Right. I I could. I want to see how Alabama does against the run this week because you know Nick Saban's got that team in there defending the run right. day in, day out after that game against Florida. Right. So, final one before the Auburn game, we have Kentucky and South Carolina. I like this game. I do, too. I like this game a lot. Kentucky tried so hard to lose to UT uh, Chattanooga last week, <laughs> which was um, – can I use the word pathetic? You can. Kentucky's yeah. favorite, too, in this game. They should be. I like Kentucky. It's out South Carolina. I like Kentucky. Right. But I don't, I, don't, I don't like that pick. I'm, I'm going to take the Cats. Take the Cats by six. Mm, this is a tough game. I, I kind of do like the way South Carolina's been playing this year, but they've had one SEC matchup to start off, and it was a big loss to Georgia, even though their fans on the Paul Feinbaum show were hyping the Gamecocks up like crazy. Um, but I'm going to say Kentucky gets the job done on the road and gets a win. So our final game of week four in the SEC is – Some people are calling this the uh, son versus mother game, the Harrison Tarr <laughs> versus Lisa Tarr game. That's right. That, by some people, I mean us. <laughs> so we have the Lisa Tarr Georgia State Panthers versus the Harrison Tarr Auburn Tigers. I love you, Mom. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> Auburn, 52, Georgia State, 17. 52-17. You know, I, I would like to go with the score like that, but they have the spread as 27, which makes me think maybe Georgia State's probably a decent amount better than Akron. I saw how bad they get kicked in by uh by Army. I like my pick. Doesn't Army run that triple offense? Triple option, yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, I'm going to say Auburn wins this game. I think they get back on their feet. I think they run the ball very well. Bo Nix and the wide receivers link up again and get that connection back. Rolling, so I'm going to take Auburn with the final score of 45 to, we'll say, 13. 45-13, you heard the man, Thomas Lynn Murphy, with some hot takes right here. That's not really that hot, but right here on TNT <laughs> in the morning. He's rolling with the Tigers. You're rolling with Weagle 91.1 FM. Make sure to enjoy the rest of your Friday. Tune in next week. We'd love to have you back. My name's Harrison Tarr. This is Thomas Lynn Murphy. We'll see you next week, 11 a.m. Friday on TNT in the morning. On behalf of myself and my co-host, Harrison Tarr, thanks for listening to TNT in the Mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. Make sure to catch us next week and follow us on Twitter at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. That's at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. And check out more content from the station at W-E-G-L underscore A-U.